Like there's just something about like if a man can do something, I'm like, oh fuck! Like I'm like I want to yeah. fix cars. Yeah, yeah. Like not because yeah, I, I not because I want to, but I just want to do it once, just to be like, ha! I knew it, and <laughs> yeah. then like be like, actually, I want to get my nails done. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the next episode of the Second Floor Podcast. I'm here with a very special guest today, Kaylee Haynes. And today we're going to talk about how to thrive, how to survive, and keep the good vibes going in life and business. For those of you who don't know who Kaylee Haynes is, I had the opportunity and the blessing to meet Kaylee at an Oilers game through work. And we discussed a lot of key topics. I got to learn that Kaylee is the property manager for Tag Developments. Also, Kaylee has an amazing story where she put herself through university, managed to get herself great grades along with learn a lot to get the role she's in today by being a single mother and raising her current eight-year-old son. I'm super excited to have Kaylee tell us about the journey of what that looked like along with what her current role looks like working with TAG and talking about some other key topics that she's really interested in. So without further ado, let's introduce Kaylee. Hello, everybody. Welcome, Kaylee. Thank you. Awesome I'm really excited to be here. Absolutely. Yeah. So Kaylee, I'd like to first off start off by thanking you for coming. I know we tried really hard to get you on here for the last yeah. couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to maybe just have you in your own words share, first of all, with the career that you have what that looks like working with tag developments and uh, what a property manager really means to be uh, working for a company that's been around for, I believe, 47 years now. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, so I my role is development manager. Property manager isn't wrong, but uh, we actually have buildings as well as land. So uh, I got this position almost two years ago now. Prior to getting um, into this business, I actually didn't really know much at all about commercial real estate. Uh, if I, I didn't really understand the infrastructure that we kind of operate in, yeah. which I personally find frustrating. I think we should all be taught it because we all have to own houses, rent apartments, yeah. um, and perhaps start our own businesses one day and lease space, uh, office space or retail space. And so I think it's kind of ridiculous that we don't all know this stuff. And so um, that's a little bit of a, maybe we'll get into that later. Yeah, <laughs> um, but basically, uh, I didn't really know anything about commercial real estate. I found out through a friend that this job was um, open and I read the job description and I thought, you know what, I think I'd be really good at that. Mm -hmm. uh, and I applied, uh, interviewed well. I made it to the third round of interviews. The executive chairman flew in from New York. I interviewed with him and then I beat out three other candidates. Um, all of them were male. Uh, one of them had a master's in real estate. Wow. Um, they all had undergrads that better suited the job, but because I had work experience and I think I just interviewed well, um, they thought I could hit the ground running more so than the other candidates. And yeah. so I got the job and then just was able to prove myself. Um, and I was actually hired as assistant development manager and then I got promoted in six months to development manager. And wow. yeah, uh, I was really, really lucky. Yeah. Um, I worked hard to be ready for the opportunity, but I was really, really lucky to get the opportunity. And yeah. I was lucky that um, the people who run the company saw something in me and took a chance and they've supported me and they've been incredibly 
just, I just feel so humbled that people, all it takes really is for somebody to believe in you sometimes, and then you can fulfill what you know you're capable of. But I think it's too easy to say, you know, oh, well, it was all me. I worked really hard. It it does take other people to acknowledge that you have something and then give you an environment that you can thrive in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I find that you are being very humble there too, because it has to be, in my opinion, I think a good combination of luck and the hard work that you obviously put in. Yeah. Right. And I want to ask you there, like, what do you think your key differentiator really was besides the work experience? Right. Like it's crazy to me for you to say that you were even up against some candidates who are like master's master's degrees in in real estate, estate, which is insane. Right. Whereas if they asked me what something was, I was like, I don't, like what do you mean by like commercial space versus you know definitely residential it just wasn't a thing for me um i think so and just to so your listeners know um my degree is in communications nice so it is a broad degree and it's kind of like marketing um but more focused on um systems communications and then of course there's social media and things like that so Mm -hmm. it's one of those degrees that you come out and then you have to explain to employers (laughs) what it is that you how broad it really was because it's not like a commerce degree or anything like that. So I think the biggest differentiator for me was that um, I am good at bullshitting. Yeah, awesome. There you go. (laughs) But like in a good, in like a positive way. Like you need to be able to listen to what they're asking Mm -hmm. and then think about what they're looking for and how you can pull apart different things that you have you know you have in your toolbox or in your experience and then reconstruct them in a way that will be the most persuasive to the person that you're talking to so um uh so i think that is really what set me apart because i really was as they were saying asking me about how i how i deal with you know, multiple, um, tasks within a day that all have the same priority level. I was able to kind of take experiences from the past and, but also just kind of think, well, what do they want to hear? Exactly. Cause at the end of the day, like you need to get into the job to prove to them. So, you know, listen to what they're asking you and you can kind of tell what it is, what answer they're looking for. Absolutely. Yeah. That's pretty neat. Yeah. When when you look at it like that, do you think Kaylee that, I mean, I can't help but think, when you look at someone such as yourself who has a communications background and is somebody that's maybe pretty pretty green to the to the area of uh, tag development mm-hmm. as a whole and what they're offering commercially, residentially, do you think better off with what they had planned for you was that you're someone who's new to this and you could get uh, learned absolutely everything you can if they teach you when you don't know much about it at all in terms yeah. of somebody else who's just going to compare and contrast yeah. what their experience looked like? I, I honestly, I think it was my confidence is what it was. I do get what you're saying because some employers do not want to un, uh, untrain kind of bad habits. Yeah. So if they have somebody with experience coming in, they may not like that just because, yeah, like you're saying, you might already kind of think you know everything. Mm-hmm. I think in this case, it was the fact that I was going to have to have so much um, self-direction mm-hmm. and I was also going to be representing the company and dealing with external parties of course and our company itself was going through a rebrand um the entire team had been um uh, replaced and there had been some kind of like stagnant uh relationships from the past and so it was really important i think that there was like 
somebody who was good with people. Yeah, well, of course. <laughs> so as much as like there might have been, I never, I do not know who the other candidates were, but yeah. I, in my mind, I pictured kind of like a really smart, maybe not as people person, like a guy who's probably really great, uh, maybe in the back. Yeah. Um, you know, doing research and um, working out financing strategy and things like that, but not necessarily able to do the people side of things. Of course. So, and, and could you maybe share a story for our audience if you have like a small win example of when you felt like your communications background and your confidence came in uh, a huge advantage when there needed to be some sort of, um, you know, remediation that needed to be done as far as how the company uh, looked? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you're, probably, you're probably like, there's a lot. I mean, it's really fascinating. I, I really love working with people who have different strengths than I do because um, I want to be really good at, anal- like, I want to be really good at, like, this is kind of lame, but I want to be really good at Word Excel, like, at Excel. Yeah, <laughs> like, you exactly. know, like, I want to know all the formulas. <laughs> it's just not natural to me, yeah. but I really work, like, I'm really trying. I've been killing myself over, actually, a few Excel spreadsheets the last couple weeks, yeah. but... Um, They're a mind-bender sometimes. Yeah, but that being said, it's also really helpful to recognize your strengths, and so there are lots of times where I'm in meetings so uh, you asked me like when it kind of uh, I had a win um I don't there's a few times but I guess just in general if I can give you kind of more generalized instead of a specific one um when I'm in meetings like we'll often be in meetings with our engineers um our trades and um us as the developers we're the owners of the land like we're the owners of the land so we have um hired our engineers to plan everything out with us and then they've sent out a tender for to our contractor so then everyone comes together so we have these round table meetings at which I'm often the only woman um but I find it really interesting that people are talking and oftentimes um, disagreements will happen about or not even disagreements just misinterpretations of uh, certain aspects of the engineering or how the timing is going to go with the schedule something like that Um, and it's so hilarious for me to watch from a communications perspective because it's like two ships passing in the night where like these people will say opposite things, yeah. not ever acknowledge that they just said opposite things, and then we'll continue on with the meeting. And so there's been, you know, one time in particular I can like, it stands out to me, mm-hmm. but m- quite a few times where I've kind of just had to say, so just to be clear, mm-hmm. like you said this, you said this, which one are we doing? Exactly. And then everyone's like, ah, yeah, good, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. good point. <laughs> and so... I think that's kind of like where yeah. I do have a strength for that as much as other things I have so much to learn. Yeah. I try and um, hopefully be an asset in yeah. that way. No, that's but, neat though. Is I mean, you got to be able to, in a way, keep keep the ship organized mm-hmm. and understand that, okay, if two people who are head executives are steering the ship in completely different directions and everyone else is okay with that because maybe they're half listening right. or they're not as in tune with realizing that these are very different decisions yeah. that are about to be made. Yeah. It's awesome to know that you could come in there and really, you know, mediate and, and, and ensure that everyone is on the same page. Yeah. Right. And I don't want to like aggrandize my role there, yeah, yeah. but that I would say is my, you know, that's just a strength that that's I do have. Too, yeah. And so 
it's important to kind of recognize your strengths and, and also where you need what you need to work on. Yeah. But yeah. I wanted to ask you next what, what your day to day looks like. But I feel like a juicier question I could ask right mm. now is, is you, you you addressed it and I had a feeling we, we would go there <laughs> is is the fact that you're working in a very male dominant uh, industry. Yeah. For one and even organization. Yeah. Right? For for what it seems. And I'm wondering like in tandem with like let's say the Me Too movement mm-hmm. and with everything that's going on right now about, you know, equality, which is great, and, and ensuring that Females have higher power and higher decision-making roles in companies. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, with, with that in mind and, and with your current situation, like how comfortable are you in your current position and, and how how often, if you're even willing to address it, do you feel like there's, there's moments that you need to put your foot down? Or yeah. how does that look now in 2019 yeah. Yeah. where it's addressed, it's out there, and if you're willing to share personally yeah. uh, what those experiences might, might look like or, or how you feel? Yeah. Oh man, I personally, I love it, but that's because a huge, um, I'm a competitive person. Um, and especially with men, like there's just something about like, if a man can do something, I'm like, Oh fuck. I'm like, I want to fix cars. Like not because I I want to, but I just want to do it once just to be like, ha, I knew it. And (laughs) then like, like actually I want to get my nails done. (laughs) The balance. Like I just want to be able to say I can do it. So for me, I feel comfortable. I work with men who are so amazing and I've never ever felt um put in a position where I wasn't respected I feel 100% respected I don't even think anyone cares that I'm a woman um that being said like that that would be kind of like the core men that I work with um usually my day-to-day like and because I'll be on site on construction sites and Mm -hmm. and again I haven't really had experiences although I know other people have um I have had some kind of it's awkward. It, things that are not awkward male, man to man become awkward female to man, woman to man. Yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like I get a text late at night from a builder. It's a little... It, you know, it cro- yeah. it becomes because I'm also in a sales pit. Like I'm selling to builders, lots that we have and things like that. So it's one of those things that you're like, oh, like what is this weird? Is yeah. if I was a man, would he have texted me at this time? True. You know, it so those can get awkward. Um, yeah. And then on site, obviously, like when you're the only woman, people, everyone looks at you, so yeah. it can be you feel a little bit on the spot, and like you kind of want to do a really good job rep- representing yeah, the females. Yeah. Did you find though that like you ha- is there's this feeling of oh I have to prove them wrong. I have to show them that I'm going to do this job at 120% yeah. of my my ability. Yeah. So there's not that oh well she can't do it because yeah. they're not you know they're, they're not inclined to have this position which honestly that's not my thinking but it's sad to know that that's yeah. sometimes voice in some people's yeah. heads. And right? I mean yeah, absolutely. I do. A hundred percent. Like I want to, there's so many things I want to know more about in construction. Cause again, I'm dealing with like trades. We're doing our mass, massive grading programs on a parcel of land. We're putting the underground in, we're doing like the water and the sanitary and we're yeah. doing the shallow utilities. All of these really like, um, <laughs> you know, man's man kind of trades, <laughs> but also just stuff that like men just often are taught these things by osmosis. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of men can just point out large machinery and know their names. And yeah. so I do, I feel like people expect me not to know it. And so it makes me really, really want to know it just uh, so that like, 
you know. So you're speaking the same language. So them, so right? they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you're going in there saying all those terms. Yeah, like, yeah. You know what this is about. Like, totally. <laughs> yeah. So that's cool. So that I mean, but I I don't think it's necessarily something that uh, the men that I worked around or with have put on me. It's just yeah. something that. I put on myself because of yeah so, because of that. like so, the second guessing and all of that. I think there's yeah. other environments that I've heard about, um, experiences mm. I've heard about where it is that like you know kind of expectations that you don't know yeah. things, and it's not like that for me. Exactly. But you still do feel that yeah. need to prove yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So there you go. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? Shout out to Tag Developments for doing such a damn good job yeah. of you know making sure that you feel comfortable as as well as keeping a very um, you know, equal equal rights way of employees feeling comfortable. Yeah. You know, girl or guy. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah, it is really great. Do you um do you mind sharing with us, Kaylee, like what that day to day looks mm-hmm. like then for for anybody who's out there and is like, damn, like what I, I want to be in Kaylee's then? shoes. And, it is such and an awesome job. Everyone wants to be in my shoes. Yeah, yeah. I want to be in my shoes. <laughs> yeah. I'm still so happy every day. I feel very lucky. Awesome. Um. So yeah, my day to day, I get okay. So, um. In our company, like typically, so I'm trying to think of like the best way to start. Well, we are a full cycle land development company. So that means we own raw land, which has not been really touched. It's like a farmer's field. Um, And then as development reaches it, uh, we then will subdivide the land. Well, so you have to do the grading process um, and you go and do the underground and you do the shallow utilities, you subdivide it. Uh, and then we may build a building, lease out the building, and then sell the building. So that's the full cycle of well, land, right? Yeah. Um, so we own buildings, um, lease them out, and then we would sell them to like a REIT or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so typically, um, a company of our size would have multiple development managers yeah. um, because we have res- we have every asset class. We have residential, um, uh, commercial. And industrial, yep. depending on who you talk to, commercial is a blanket term for anything that's not residential, yeah. but we kind of separate it out sometimes. So um, I'm trying to think of the most succinct way to say yeah. all this. Sounds like there's a lot of arms and legs so to it. Many <laughs> like, this is a different day every single it day. It is actually a, a different day every single day. So basically, as a development manager, I am like the first contact for all land sales. So yeah. if somebody passes a sign of ours on land and it will be our number and it'll get transferred through to me. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, you have industrial lots. So I'll take those first calls. I'm um, in charge of all of our marketing for mm-hmm. our residential communities and for our commercial land. So that's cool. the signage, that's the website, that's the um, any sort of print pieces that we're doing. It's a full-time job in and of itself. Yeah, and then I attend engineering meetings and that's where we're going through the planning process for these developments. And nice. so that's where engineers are walking us through where we are um, and any decisions. And in, in those meetings, I'm just learning. So yeah. I go with my boss, who's the VP of development, uh, and and I'm just basically learning how to read engineering drawings yeah, wow. and what everything is. Cool. And then from those meetings, I'll probably have a few follow-ups. Like I have to follow up with Fortis and get a workspace agreement. Something, you know, there's lots of random, we'll have oil companies that send me um, agreements that I need to review and then flag certain things yeah. to be then be signed by the executive team. And yeah. I put together our sales agreements. Those get executed. I organize kind of the, 
um, legal transfer of land, like through our lawyers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I. I manage all of our farm leases because when we have raw land, you have farmers leasing it. So it is honestly a huge, like I could go on and on. So like every day is different, but basically I'll either be meeting in a municipality, meeting our engineers um, in my office, uh, creating a spreadsheet. Oh yeah, (laughs) that needs to be done. Without the spreadsheet, you're not organizing all of that in any way. But I love that. Like that really caters to my personality. I love all the different... um, roles that I get to play yeah exactly see and that's the thing right like I feel like you're a lot like me in the sense that I can't just do one thing Mm -hmm. every day right like it drives me nuts to know that there's accountants out there and even my friends who are accountants and and (laughs) I I respect that job like we need accountants but to know that something like that where maybe you're going to the same location you're sitting on the same computer um in, in one way shape or form I mean not to not to poke on them in no, any we're sense. We're very thankful it's a skill that people yeah, have because exactly. I don't have it either. But I'm just going to use that as an example when you compare something that's just so um, refined in doing one thing compared to being so robust mm-hmm. in what you're doing where yeah. there's so many different things involved with it, right? Yeah. So I like that. It's, it sounds like, you know, I know we're going to talk about this is our personalities are so similar where mm-hmm. when we are so hyperactive and we want our minds to be thinking about different things, it yeah. caters to that. Right? Yeah, totally. So I think uh, we'll, we'll wrap up, uh, you know, that career piece with, with two important questions that I think people would generally be curious about is what would be, Kaylee, for you, like one of the biggest wins you've had along the way? Um, with tag developments like one that you could remember that you were a part of and you look at now and you know a part of you goes like damn like I was a part of that Hmm. well we have had I would think honestly just like our residential sales as you know the lot sale well you probably know and have heard the real estate market is kind of bottoming out here in Edmonton like we have oversupply it is insane it's never actually been this high um and so i think the a win for me was just again with the people skills and developing relationships and some of the marketing background um we were able to sell some lots in uh, a development we have on Big Lake, their country res lots. Mm-hmm. Um, we were able to sell three of them uh, right off the bat and to three customers that I'd been talking to kind of immediately once they went online. Um, and so I think that was a really big win because those, they're, you know, $300,000 lots. So that's just the bearer lot by yeah. itself. Um, and it, it's a unique customer and so you're not going to sell them really that quickly. So, yeah. and that was something that I did, you know, by myself Cool. because everything else I do, um, pretty, pretty in tandem with others yeah. in the company, but this was something that I really, you know, I had to do everything from the start to beginning or yeah. start to end. Yep. Um, so yeah, that felt really good. That's neat. There mm-hmm. you go. That must yeah. have been sweet. It was. There was a lot involved with that. It was crazy. It was like we met at a Starbucks and they handed me a check for like more than half a million dollars and I'm like oh oh I actually didn't know you were gonna gonna I didn't know you were gonna sign it today I thought like we hadn't talked for months and this uh the purchasers were like yeah let's meet at Starbucks we'd like to meet you before we purchase and I'm like totally fine I brought the sale agreement just so that they could take it with them but they just signed it there and gave me the check and you know you're just like this is normal (laughs) I'm I'm very used to this yeah no one knows how many digits are attached to this check (laughs) yeah in my unlocked yeah, bag, right? Totally. So, That's crazy. yeah. 
wow, good yeah, for you. Thanks. Right? Yeah, thanks. That's amazing. Yeah, so you, awesome. you probably thought that that negotiation process would have maybe surmounted to a whole lot longer. Like yeah. you got that check on Absolutely. that day, on that spot. Absolutely. You just don't know right when it reaches critical mass with people. Yeah. That's what I really find so fascinating. And, um, and sales can be such a grind, yeah, you know? That's true. And that I'm thankful it's not my like only role yeah. um, because I think that can be really hard. But... I agree. I did sales for, I think it was totaling just about eight years of my yeah. life. And after doing it for eight years, and I did it in multiple different industries, yeah. you just, you're ready to make a transition. I know. Hopefully, whether it's a horizontal move or obviously, you know, a vertical move. And I'm glad I really did went from sales to marketing. It's actually, I, that's the first blind. thing I thought about. I've been in customer service and sales for my entire life up until this point. Yeah. And so it was like so cool coming into this career where we're actually the people people sell to. Yeah. That was the best. That's I'm awesome. like, oh, oh, like contractors are asking out for lunch and they're like pitching to you. Yeah, yeah. And I People feel, are coming to me. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, but I like you. I feel bad because I've been in their position yeah. and I'm just like, oh, this feels good. I like <laughs> this. This is much I have the power. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just like, oh, I don't have to like be so. You know, you really have to do a big. Yeah. You have to what be extra. The, yeah, extra. Like very extra. A little bit. Because you know? you're thinking, you're like, what can I do to be better than the next guy or girl I know. who's going to see this person? Yeah. Right? Because that's half the battle. It's exhausting. It's not just the value that's on the check. Yeah. It's really like, okay, do I like this person? Yeah. Can I, can I sit down with this person and have guaranteed at least one hour spent a month spending lunch with them to go over whatever it is that we just agreed upon? Yeah. Especially when it's in development. Yeah. Right? Like, you're building a relationship at the same yeah. time. Yeah. And you just never know, like when that when the opening's gonna come for you to even step in and yeah. them to give you work. So, exactly. anyways, I don't have to do that anymore. That's true. And you know what's funny about <laughs> that is, like, I, I look at and it was kind of going off topic, but like I'm as easily sold as I can sell something. Uh, yeah. Right. So I then know. I start looking at the opportunity cost of how much this poor person spent time with me. Right? I and maybe know. it was like four meetings, and I'm like. I don't know how to say no. I know it is. Yeah. Especially if you have, if you've been in their shoes, it makes you, it makes it a lot harder. So So looking at uh, where, where development is going and and this is something where I I don't mind if we repeat ourselves with the conversation (laughs) we had, because I thought it was super cool when we talked at the Oilers team is looking at where you personally think development's heading. How do you think it's going to um, still encompass like, that that community driven mentality and, mm-hmm. and, and still functioning that way but at the same time with millennials having different approaches of how they look at yeah you know the quality of living as well as how long they want to stay mm-hmm. in a home how do you think that shapes development from your perspective so i want to preface this by saying that i'm you know just coming up on two years in the industry as a whole so i'm by no means an expert or really understand what's happening but i'm curious i'm a curious person and i find it really fascinating especially as an outsider coming in Mm -hmm. because um to not have really known exactly the economics of how these things decisions get made about where development is and and why things are developed in a certain way um, and how the market uptakes that development. Uh, it's just really fascinating to me. So when we were speaking at the game, I had just, I had said that, and I I think this is what's going to happen. This is my prediction. Yeah. Um, I just feel like you said with millennials having a different on a different um, value system when it comes to owning homes. And yeah. just the, the plain fact that millennials we just don't have the, the money 
to do it. Sure. I don't know. I haven't looked into why that is. <laughs> it's just, crazy. Blame it on the damn yeah, yeah. We're too busy backpacking around the world. Yeah. Um, but I do think that we're going to move towards, or this could be a possibility, is that we're going to have mass landlords that are going to own properties and then they're going to rent them out and we're going to have more communal living. Um, and it's just going to be, yeah, a lot less of this single because if you think about it like we you know we used to own houses and farms and it made sense at that time because you were it was usually a family affair right and it was passed down through generations and then it 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 kept on kind of making sense for people to own individually but when you think about the economics the fixed cost that you input into owning your own home you know i just I think it might make sense for some people if that's really what you're into, if that yeah. really does something for you beyond just like the economics of it. Mm-hmm. But could that, like you're talking about opportunity costs, could that money be put towards a more, like a better use? Yeah, yeah. Is there a better return on your investment totally. than this real estate? Is it, does it allow you to have a more flexible lifestyle and kind of fulfill a few more needs rather than just like basic shelter kind of is there a social need that you can fulfill or kind of a community aspect and environmental aspect you know because when we have when we have large communities if they're managed by one owner then you're more likely to be able to afford uh probably like environmentally friendly um kind of retrofitting or, or new builds like solar panels and things like this because you're doing it across a huge amount of homes instead yeah. of just one family doing it on one home by exactly. themselves. It's like, it doesn't yeah. really make sense. That's pretty neat. This so, is me not having any actual <laughs> yeah, yeah, no data. It's still such a this solid is, prediction. It's just so interesting. And I think I had told you that um, one of my son's friends, she's uh, her, his mom is from the Netherlands and yeah. she had told me that there it is not very common for them to own their own houses. Yeah. And she's a geneticist at the U of A. She's, you know, very educated, um, really set up and she, but even in the Netherlands, she wouldn't own her house. She would, um, rent from a landlord, but there's a, there's kind of a policy background to that too, because they have the laws in place, um, that give tenants really a lot of rights and people essentially rent their homes for life there. So it's just really interesting when you think about like the, economic factors that have to happen, the social factors, and then the actual regulations that need to come into play yeah. to support this kind of morphing. But I'm yeah. totally interested to see what happens. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Because I think it's going to change. I think it's going to change a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. So like the way I visually can picture that in my head, right? Because I'm quite the visual learner. Mm-hmm. I am trying to picture like maybe a cul-de-sac, like a community yeah. of like 10 to 20 homes. Mm-hmm. And then it's owned by one major big yeah. developer. Like an apartment landlord. building. Yeah. But it's houses. It's houses. Yeah. People have the opportunity to choose between each one mm-hmm. uh, as far as how long they'd like to stay. Maybe that's negotiable. Yeah. And then let's, if it's from anywhere from one to five to 10 years, mm-hmm. they stay in that house and then they know they're not locked in yeah. to a large amortization rate with uh, with a big slapped on mortgage in their face where they feel like they're going to be there for at least 25 years. Yeah. And then all in comes a divorce 12 and a half years later and that'll get stickier, right? right. Not saying that everyone's going to get divorced, right. but it's crazy how like you have to think about these things now. Mm-hmm. You got to kind of look at that situation, just like you said, where... When you add in the social factor, you see where millennials are heading. You see even just in general where, yeah. where people in the world are seeing where their money should go. Because yeah. the way I look at it is, okay, 5% down, 5 to 15% down payment. That's anywhere between, on average, $25,000. Mm-hmm. 
is somebody who let's say is a millennial who's a business owner mm-hmm. or in general has let's say a month out of the year yeah. and likes to travel are they gonna want to put that twenty five thousand down on a home yeah or twenty five thousand down into investing it yeah. into making it into more money in their yeah. business or their life well, when you think yeah. about um people's budgets if they're house poor that affects our economy because you have people spending less on consumer goods because they can't afford it or they're saving up to put a down payment on a house and again not a financial expert haven't like really analyzed the pros and cons of of a real estate investment versus other sort of um, ways that you could use your money but there is this other idea where it's like okay we have now we have um real estate owners, kind of a a company who is making money and employing people, great for our economy. Now we have people living in these houses who are able to spend more money elsewhere in our economy, great. You know, it's just interesting to think about how that might all domino kind of effect. Yeah, it's super neat. So... Yeah. Yeah, see what happens, right? Yeah. Hopefully it's not like Arrested Development where people are living in show homes and they're having to live in like the <laughs> attic, right? <laughs> I don't know if you watched that show. But... I have only watched a few, but that sounds hilarious. Yeah. I watched the pilot episode the other day and yeah. I was like, is this real? Like, they're, they're staying in this house, but they're only allowed to live in the attic? I don't. I honestly, I don't know what's going to happen because it's it's kind of crazy. Yeah, no, it's yeah. insane. That's a good point, though. I like that. Mm-hmm. What we'll do now mm-hmm. is we'll shift gears, okay? So we talked heavily about career, mm-hmm. and now we're going to jump into more of, you know, the, the personal side. Yeah. And I really wanted to uh, just take the time to appreciate you, Kaylee, for how you're a confident woman who's been someone who's able to be at the level in which you are career-wise, but also when you look at your personal side, you're doing that while raising your son, who I believe is eight years old, right? Yeah. Eight-year-old son all on your own. Yeah. And I wanted to kind of see if you're willing to share uh, just multiple, just different factors that relate to that, right? Mm-hmm. And we'll kind of dive in by uh, just starting with how you decided to, you know, accelerate your life into getting a degree mm-hmm. while your kid was roughly around, you know, the, his adolescent years, from yeah. like four to eight years old. Yeah. And, and I wanted to see... Um, how you knew you were capable of being able to do that by going, you know what, I'm going to get a degree and I can make Mm. it happen and I can still manage to give my son the right amount of time and I can still give myself time. Yeah. That's that's, a great question. Yeah, that's like the million dollar question. (laughs) How would you do it? Insanity. And I I get it, right? Like that's not freaking easy. Well, you know, I just think there's so, there's probably so many people who have done things and so, okay, uh, First of all, I just want to say, so I am a single mom. I had Oliver by myself. Um, his dad is is great, but I have him full time. Um, and his dad takes him one day a week. Because I, I mean, I, I just want to be as transparent as possible. I'm an open book, like I told you. Yeah, that's great. Um, and so, and I know for me, when I would hear stories about mothers and single mothers, it, it does help to understand actually what it looks like because yeah. everyone has different setups. You might have one week on, one week off, and everyone, there's pros and cons and, and trials and tribulations with different whatever. So yeah. that's me. I have him full time. His dad has it one night a week. Um, and then my parents are in town, which is a huge blessing. Um, I did uh, really work hard to have us live on our own. We moved back in when Oliver was four, no, two, two for a year. We mm-hmm. moved back in and then we moved out again. So there's been one year that I did live at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I lived on my own, which 
you know, a lot of debt. Yeah. <laughs> from that. Tried it out and you're yeah, like, yeah. whoa. But basically I would say when you talk about, you know, like, how did you do it? I mean, yeah, like if I were like eating popcorn, like watching a movie about this, I'd be like, how did she do it? Yeah. Like, I don't even... Like, how do I write this? Yeah, like, how do... I don't even know, like, how did she do that? But um, I think a lot of things, and this is true of a lot of things in my life, I just, like, I just had to really close my eyes. Like, you just have to be like, okay, well, just like, take the next step. Like, this is what I'm doing. You just kind of do it. Like, don't even let yourself talk yourself out of it you just have to do what you have to do and just put one foot in front of the other um and so i went back to school and all and actually speaking of being a woman and 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 men um i was working at a company and they had hired me um to be in a sales position um and it was a kind of uh trades company they had hired me to be in a sales position but when i got to the job I soon realized like I was not I there wasn't actually a role for me I was just kind of hired to be pretty I guess and not do anything which was insane to me that's crazy just to say just for them to say that they have a woman and both owners were married and both owners propositioned me to be their mistress and that's crazy yeah and I and I literally and this is Oliver had it was nine months old and I remember being like, I never want to, I want to get an education. So I'm never in this position again. I Absolutely. don't have to work for pieces of shit like yeah. this. So actually, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that was actually, a part of the motivation. That was man. part of the motivation Damn, was just wow. being like, because you got to empower yourself to be able to, um, yeah. Cause like these guys, they could talk down to me and yeah. kind of take advantage of really my need for a job and just kind of get inside your head make you feel like yeah yeah. this is your reality yeah like you don't really have other options and so and like i i'm a confident person with a good family and absolutely um, and i still had that experience i can't even imagine a more vulnerable person going through something so anyways um yeah i went back to school when oliver was one i went to grant McEwen and started my degree and my degree took me like five years Um, I did take, yeah, that takes, that takes students my five years already on their own without a kid. So kudos to you. People are crazy to take five. I never took five courses that actually, no, I did my first year. I took five and five insanity. I don't know who does that and why. Because you do that, but I mean, how do you balance everything else? And even if you are, where's your life? Where's, where's the actual, um, intention to internalize everything that you're learning? Yeah. Right. Well, you're paying so much for these courses. You want to get the most of it. I mean, I still have textbooks that I'll like, one day I'll read them. Like, yeah. no. <laughs> one day you'll flip through them, right? Like, it's so ridiculous. And when you were, <laughs> when you were introducing me and you're like, she got great grades. I'm like, what? Yeah. You what? got through it. That's a bad I got my degree. So I got great grades in some classes. And so, like, that's the other thing too, I would say is that like, you got to just like pick your battles and mm. be kind to yourself because at the end of the day, you're. I don't think you're going to be on your deathbed and be like, I wish I'd whatever studied yeah. for that anthropology. Yeah, no, exactly. You know, got that damn C. Whatever. <laughs> I learned prehistory anthro in one night. I managed to eke 
a pass on the exam right. and we're done with it exactly. moving on <laughs> you know on the next course, right? so so yeah that's I mean I I did work while I was um was at, while I was in school and yeah. I had Oliver and so my parents helped out a lot with Oliver while I was working and awesome. that meant a lot of just weird hours yeah. where you just and that's another thing is that you when you have other responsibilities you don't have a lot of time to play with you're basically like you have maybe you have to get up at 3 a.m and because that's what i would do a lot of times is i would just sleep so that you feel kind of a little normal yep. and then i would get up at like 3 or 4 a.m and study oh. for a couple hours and yeah. then go to my class or sometimes not go to class because you have to be efficient be like is it worth going to this class yeah. or should i actually just study or I go see. to the class and like answer emails from work exactly. and wow. just be there and yeah. so yeah like your I don't know if I'm working with time is yeah. so key it is right? yeah yeah I, I don't know if I'm like a model that you should emulate but this yeah. is what I did no no that's fine that's fine because <laughs> I still haven't figured you it still out, went but, through it but yeah. you know what I love about that is your serene honesty behind it right it's yeah. not like you're hearing like okay guys the five key steps of being a oh single mother go to school it's just the reality is there's no there's no five key steps no it's you go and you do it and yeah. just like you said you're you're doing it all at the same time and yeah. you're so aware of you know finding maybe certain times in a day where yeah. okay from 3 to 4 a.m that's my time to sink in yeah i gotta you know hit the hay early and wake up yeah. at that time and do it and kind of in the background like i said i'm, I'm really open and i've um always struggled with depression and anxiety since i was young okay. um, and i've had some pretty serious uh problems with that in the past and then i was diagnosed with add my last year of university so this is all happening in the background as well. So I just, and I know that a lot of people struggle with that. And yeah. so it's sometimes when you, you know, I look all like shiny and, and like, I know what I'm doing, but yeah. like this morning I was like a basket case with like my hair all crazy and I yeah. was like, you know, crying. <laughs> so I just think it's important for people to be aware that what you see, you know, it's not, everyone's just trying their best and you know, yeah, totally. It, you just do what you can and just keep and like I, I would never have expected I would be able to get here mm. just because of how hard everything's been Absolutely. you know and so and I want to get to the next place and I'm sure like the next place I'll be like I can't believe I got here yeah. so if yeah you, if you're willing to share honestly what are and were the best coping mechanisms for you uh to, to help deal with anxiety and mm -hmm. depression and, and ADHD maybe all of them are different or, or at different stages yeah. of when you experience them what helped you uh, bring that down to a level that uh, allowed you to, to feel yourself again, yeah. or to feel like you could be present, Yeah. right? Because what I mean by that is I, I understand when, when my ADHD kicks in, because mm -hmm. I feel like I haven't never been actually officially diagnosed. Mm -hmm. I remember we kind of talked about what that looked like mm -hmm. for me, but that's where I feel like was one of the biggest things where we, where we really related with one another was yeah. you, you get it and sometimes you have different factors that come into your life that ignite the ADHD yeah right and, and for me it was boredom mm. and I'm wondering for you let's you know let's put you on the spotlight mm -hmm. and let's just have you share what what do you feel like ignites it and then mm -hmm. what do you feel like helps bring it down a notch yeah from both sides I think oh what ignites it I mean it's not for me it's not boring I've always been extremely busy um, but I think that is because like that was because I was interested in so many things and I was excited about so many things. Yeah. Um, so as far as what ignites it, um, there's nothing really I can pinpoint because just every day I wake up with kind of like this simmering feeling of panic. 
okay that's just like that's the anxiety but then it's fueled by the fact that it's very hard to focus on things Mm -hmm. and so you feel constantly pulled in all these different directions and it's frustrating because you know what you should do but um ADD is I might kind of butcher this so if you're like a a neurobiologist and you're listening sorry (laughs) but it's kind of it's supposed to be a a a lack of dopamine in your brain so it can show up as depression it can show up as anxiety because dopamine is obviously a feel-good hormone but basically this neurotransmitter dopamine is important it sends messages to all these different parts of your brain um so it does the things that you want to do but when you don't have enough dopamine it's like the message like gets halfway there and then it's like well it's okay yeah (laughs) it goes off somewhere i'm I'm off yeah yeah yeah, there's a new one so um the bet like you and I talked about this, I work out like every day I have to, um, to stabilize my mood and to feel good. Like I worked out right before I came here and I just feel like so much better. Um, I have really good friends. My best friend's a psychiatrist and I, I'm really open with my friends about my mental health and they're really open with me and that helps a lot. That's great. Um, I don't know, man. I'm still working on it. It's hard, but I think just having a good support network, making a list of things that like make you feel, and just getting through it, yeah. just trying to remind yourself that like this is gonna pass. Exactly. Just like don't um, uh, kind of what's the word I'm looking for? Focus on it so much because sometimes something's a problem, but then it's even it, the amount of energy you attach to it and the feelings you attach to it make it into this huge thing that if you would just let it be a problem and then pass on instead of beating yourself up about like why do I feel this way I can't do anything you know it's why is it so hard for me or ever or or maybe what I often do is I'm like maybe everyone feels like this and they're just better at dealing with it than I am and so I think if you just like let things just like oh it's a bad day today like let it pass and then just go on of course working on it yeah no definitely Like kind of like recognizing that it's there and yeah. and understanding that okay it's not going to be permanent mm-hmm. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna pass through this yeah. you know this 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 bad mood or you know yeah. this stormy day this cloud over my head is going to eventually pass and you yeah know, I'm not gonna feel like this this yeah. entire time right yeah I wanna I wanna pick your brain about that because I find that we're um, we're all going through our own battles in one way, shape, or form. And we're all very, you could say, hesitant in terms of how much we do want to share with somebody, mm-hmm. right? And you made a really good point, Kaylee. You said that you are you have friends in your life now who, like, you could call, you can text, yeah. you, can, you can have that coffee with and sit down and be like, girl, like, I'm going through hell and yeah. back today and explain those feelings. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like to a degree, of course, it there's a huge advantage to that. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, as we get older, I'm even finding that as, as men and women, yeah. we take down that security blanket, we're more willing to share that. Mm-hmm. And with you, you know, going back to raising your son as an independent, strong, mm-hmm. uh, single mother, how are you going to best, um, you know, tell your son how to cope with these things when, yeah. when he gets older and when maybe the first time he comes home, he says, mom, I'm stressed. Yeah. And, and then you're, you're ready to kind of, you know, build him up as a man and share with him how he is going to best uh, approach anxiety or mm-hmm. stress. Mm-hmm. And and I'm throwing a lot at you, but I want you to even just think while I'm talking because um, 
I personally don't find that you're any less of a man if you share these things. Mm-hmm. But as you know, that divide, as people talk about it tremendously now, where, oh, you're you're not a man if you share your feelings and yeah. you talk about all these things, which is stupid. Yeah. I feel like you're more of a man if you're willing to actually yeah. share how you feel, yeah. which is why, you know, women like you out there are actually willing to be like, hey, like, I'm going to sit down and hear this guy out mm-hmm. and hear what he's saying. So for you raising a boy, what, what does that look like for you to to ensure that he doesn't feel less confident about himself, but mm-hmm. knows that these feelings are are real yeah and and they're not and he's not alone if he yeah. ever has to go through that oh it's like the terrifies me because i can already see myself in him he's such a sweet boy and he's sensitive and he and he um reads people and so he's like very he would never say anything mean to somebody else yeah. which means that when somebody says something mean to him it has the first impact of being hurtful to him but then the second impact is that he knows how just like wrong it is and that this person who is supposed to be his friend shouldn't be trying to make him feel bad so there's this like more universal sense of like wrongdoing yeah. if you know what i mean yeah, yeah. and i already see that in him and he's in grade three and it's just like breaks my heart That's tough. But he's, but he's also really strong, and, and so I personally feel like it's really important as a parent to be honest with him. Yeah. And so when I'm having a bad day, or if I am grumpy, or if I'm having a feeling like whatever it is, anxiety or what, depression, you know, whatever these words are we use, um, I'll, you know, I'll say, I'll just be like, Oliver... I'm really sorry. I am having a really hard day. Do yeah. you, could you help me a little bit? Would you mind just like, just really, I need you to listen right now because yeah. I'm just having a hard day. Yeah. And he'll be like, why are you sad? And I'm like, you know what? Sometimes people are just sad and it's, yeah. you just don't know why. Mm-hmm. And he, and then actually it opened a conversation where he was like, yeah, I know sometimes I'm in the car and I get sad too. Um, and I'm like, oh, okay, what are you sad about? And so yeah. it opened this conversation and then I found out he had been kind of bullied by a friend. And oh, so... Wow. It was, that was one of those moments as a parent where I thought he was telling me everything Yeah. and he's at that age now where he's starting to have a private life Uh, that I actually don't know about. Okay. And so he hadn't chosen to tell me, but, but now he's totally open because we had that conversation and we were able to talk about it, but naming, being able to name his feelings Mm -hmm. is really important because naming your feelings is, it can be really difficult. Um, if you don't already know, cause you're like, Oh, I feel kind of like sad or it's like, is it, do you feel ashamed? Do you feel embarrassed? Are you, um, worried? Are you like, there's just so many different ways of just getting a bit more precise. Yeah. get more in depth with the emotions. That once you can name it, I feel like it makes it easier to just be like, Oh, okay. Like that's what it is. And then, you know, and it's Mm -hmm. not this big, scary kind of, you know, dark thing that's happening. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Just keeping open lines of communication and, and actually, and there's just actually the the world at large is doing it. There's a show on Netflix called, um, brain games, I think. And he loves watching it, but it's all about the brain and it's for kids. Um, and it's all these different, um, experiments that shows them how your brain works and how, um, kind of endorphins work. And, and so so stuff like that is like, so the other day, um, he was in a bad mood and he put a pencil between his teeth because he's like, oh, it triggers the muscles, it, it smile muscles, and then it releases endorphins and makes you feel happy. That's cool. Like, <laughs> You're like, I'm learning from you now. Yeah, I'm like, great. I love it. Awesome. That's sweet. Yeah, so I don't know. It's just like, I think just being honest, the like kids need to see that you're a human. Um, I love that. And just, 
and try and keep that open line of communication, I guess. You know what's really neat too, and, and I I condone you for this, is mm-hmm. is you're not afraid to let your son know how you feel. Yeah. Like you're you're super mom still and, and you're the provider for him and you're you're okay to like feel bummed out but not have to fake it in front of him yeah. and be super mom. Yeah. And be like, Oh hi son, how you doing? And in the back of your head you're like, Oh I'm exhausted, I had a long day, yeah. feeling like this and you actually you tell him. Yeah. And you tell him in a way where he doesn't have to feel bad. Yeah. But he can feel like he's contributing. It's, that's what it right? is. I feel like you need to empower kids to feel like they're that they can like be kind of like on the same page as you, you know, like you yeah trusted them be a team Mm -hmm, be a team yeah and there is a fine line because you don't want there are honestly times where i do have to just fake it right yeah but you know i do also want to like be able to say to him like i just and he knows like he like if i just like look him in the eyes because i eye contact is really important too with kids like you gotta be like look can you look at me for a second put that away just look right at me just look yeah i'm having a really tough day and he just knows as soon as like he sees my face do that he's just like (laughs) but then and I always thank him too afterwards I'm like thank you so much for how much you helped me you don't know that helps so much and it does it makes him feel good and it like empowers him and then he goes and he treats his friends that way because and so yeah so yeah I'm telling you there's like there's that mother stare that just doesn't beat. And you have to stare. Like, I feel like every mother has it. That's why I laugh. Is the moment you, you said that, I was like, "Oh man, that brings me back." Like, oh, that still happens. I know. Sometimes I feel bad. Like I use my power. Most of the time, I use it like in the appropriate situation. But sometimes you use it just because you need something to get yeah. done. And I can just see he's like, "I'm so sorry." I'm like, "It well, actually wasn't that big a deal." I'm yeah. sorry. I shouldn't have used the luck. Yeah. I, it's it. too strong. It's I was too, too strong. strong. I should have toned it down a bit. It was That's too awesome, much. Hey. Yeah. To so. to elaborate more on on your your great explanation of, of the feelings behind mm-hmm. uh, you know how your son would feel and even yourself. Do you want to just explore the debate of like feel versus think? Mm. Right, because um, <laughs> I, I hate how relating this to sales, but like, <laughs> I'm gonna have to because yeah, I'm yeah. Such a, I was such a sales sucker. And you know, you for instance have someone walk through the show home, and at the time I was a new home specialist uh, working as a salesperson, and you'd have someone walk through, and they would come back, and you know, you're not gonna be too pushy. Let them know. Uh, would you like me to do a tour for you, or would you like me uh, to just have you do it on your own? Mm. For the most part, they wanted to experience it on their own. Yeah. So they come back, and okay, what are you going to ask them? And I was taught, and I also thought myself it was better to, to ask them, hey, you know what, so how do you guys feel about mm-hmm. the home? Mm-hmm. As opposed to being like, what do you guys think mm-hmm. about the home? And it's very like, okay, let's compare uh, where the energy is coming from from here, mm-hmm. you know, the heart, the mm-hmm. feel aspect, yeah. compared to the brain of like the think, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and comparing it between behavior and logistics. Yeah, yeah. So I'm wondering, well, with your son, and even just maybe with you in general, and how the family operates, do you prefer to, to operate more on the, okay, how do you feel about this? Mm. Or, okay, son, this happened to you. Uh, how, what do you think about it? Mm-hmm. And, and have you even thought in that aspect? Because it sounds to me like you're more like, okay, let's, let's hit the feels. <laughs> and, and I'm wondering, okay, if that's the case, why would that be compared yeah. to the think? So... I personally am so fast. Like when you think about human behavior, we are um, we're we are biological machines, and so we're at the mercy of these f- physiological um, systems. Yeah. So we have endorphins that are doing things. We have chemicals that are being released and causing feelings, 
And feelings can be cognitive, something that you're thinking, but it can also just be, which happens often with anxiety and depression, it's just a misplaced physiological reaction that you then put a story on top of. So instead of there being a story, like you had a breakup and that causes a feeling, you have a feeling and you're like, what's the story? Like, I'm a piece of shit, I guess. Like, I don't know, you know? And so that's very interesting. So, um, and then, and then we have, yeah, our, our, our thought processes that can, you know, create, it can be for good or it can be kind of muddy the waters. Mm -hmm. So I think it depends on the person because I, you know, like the, um, ENFP, INFJ. Yeah. 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 Those, um, it's it's the psychological principles of what uh, yeah what is the, Myers-Briggs aspects. is it Myers-Briggs I can't recall which one it is but it's so, like extroverted and then introverted extroverted like the introverted op- yeah um, and there's uh, judging and perceiving yeah and then there's thinking and feeling and mm-hmm. so I'm obviously a feeler yeah. I can see Oliver's a feeler but he's also a thinker it depends on who you are but I do think it's important to like marry the two and mm-hmm. so I think that if you are a feeler that can be really beneficial in some ways and they can be really detrimental in others so if you're a feeler and this is great it's it's an adaptive um skill for you to have over here Mm -hmm. but over here you need to be able to process things in in more of a logical format that's why i think it's helpful to name his emotions because then it's a it's something he can understand and and kind of put into boxes Mm -hmm. and then you can sort out this really messy feeling type thing um into into something that can be thought about a bit more methodically i think it's just like tools in a toolbox i think it's it's good to recognize when you have a feeling about something um and then try and and logically think about things when you think through experience that Mm -hmm. this is what's worked best in the past and maybe this is the best way to deal with this situation yeah i'm in a meeting someone said something that i find rude Mm -hmm. should i deal with that with my emotions no probably not thinking about which i should probably be more of a logical thinker in this situation i'm with a romantic partner and they said something that i find rude i'm probably gonna go with my feelings because this is somebody that i want to be in a romantic relationship with so you're you're gonna have different i guess it depends on your goals in that communication context yeah i really like that Mm -hmm. it's pretty neat hey yeah I think it made sense. I think it makes sense. Sometimes I just like wander around and (laughs) I'm like, like what did I just say? We bring it all back full circle. (laughs) Yeah. So there. All right, neat. So you know what, Kaylee? We had an awesome time of talking about your career, mixing it with your personal life a little bit. And uh, now we could kind of go into uh, the the quick fire rounds. And and for this, it's really more so like um, how we can elevate and appreciate your own lifestyle. Uh, in ways in which we ask very um, just simple generic questions that maybe any human being would be curious about. Mm-hmm. You know, ju- this is for our audience to also just gather, um, you know, what you like and what makes you unique as, as a person mm-hmm. uh, outside of the career and outside of raising a kid. Yeah. Right? Now, let's start with question number one in this phase, okay? Uh, what, what do you do when, you know, you're not raising your boy, spending time with him, and you're not being a production manager, mm-hmm. development manager with Tag? Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what does the me time look like for you, and, and, and what, what does that look like outside of the gym, too? Outside so, of the gym, I know. I was like, wow. Well. 
Um, I used to dance a lot and I still love dancing. And so I dance, I was dancing with a group called the Codettes. Um, and it's kind of like hip hop and heels type thing, but I like all styles of dance. So I do that. Nice. Um, I used to play on a volleyball team, but I'm, and I love boxing. I'd love to do that some more. Nice. I know it's so fun. Um, that's sweet. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's so fun. <laughs> Panthers gym downtown. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they have such a sweet setup and they have drop-in classes, but awesome. I'd like to actually do the training program where yeah, you yeah. actually train to do a fight. That'd be sweet. It would, would be do that? so awesome. I would do it oh, for nice. sure. Yeah. I think it's so cool. If you're open to it, if you yeah. want to try something different, we are for the striking program at Hayabusa. Oh, yeah. So that's where uh, myself and my brother spearhead the striking program. Oh, sweet. And it's yeah. super fun. So I do the beginner and then KB, my brother, does yeah. the advanced. And you're welcome to try free class. Oh, my gosh. I'd love to. Yeah, yeah I love that. I think that's so fun. Um, so I do that. And then I use, I haven't actually done it in a little while, but I also did spoken word poetry quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, well, quite a bit. <laughs> For myself, I did it quite a bit. (laughs) And I went and performed a couple times, but that's something I'd really like dance, um, boxing or something martial artsy and spoken word are the three that I think bring me a lot of joy and like feed my soul. And I'd like to bring those back in. They, you know, I, they kind of fire up. Oh, and singing. I love singing too. No way. That's so <laughs> yeah. cool. It's pretty much anything creative arts like related. You're all about that. Things. But I like That's too awesome. many things. But you have to kind of like pick and choose. It's hard. I'm going to put you on the spot. Mm-hmm. So you said you performed. And yeah. And you've done some spoken word. Yeah. Oh, and I you sing. Do yeah. So I'm totally going to give you the choice here. Yeah. If you would like, you know, yeah. because you said you're an open book. Yeah. If you want to share with the audience and myself included, mm-hmm. one of your spoken word stories yeah. or one of uh, your segments of singing a song. Oh man, okay. Which one would you rather do? I don't know. I want to. Okay, I want to do a good one. What would be the one that would make? I have one that's kind of about. I'm excited. Hmm. Because I have like one that's like about romantic interest, but I think that would Ooh. be less like, and it has a little bit of singing in it. Oh, nice. Um, I'm on board if you're on board. But then I have another one that's more like feminist. And what's actually, so when I was younger and I really struggled with anxiety and depression, I had a pretty severe eating disorder. And so that's kind of what that one's about. Yeah. Which one should I do? I haven't done either of them in a really long time. So it'll be. How long are they? uh, Either like a minute, I think. I don't know, actually. Well, you know what? I feel like if you said both, and then everyone's going to want to wonder what the other one's like. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Okay, I'll do the singing one first. Cool. Hopefully I remember it. I might have to. Okay. Baby, oh baby, my sweet darling, you're the one. But we don't see eye to eye because your eye is here and my eye is there and we're not on different levels, but the difference is still clear. Your gaze is forward and mine is on the rear view mirror and we both keep checking our sides, but the other one is never near enough and it's clear enough to us that this vehicle is love, but when we drive home is our destination, the same place do you trace the same map from your heart to the world as I do and when I'm beside you, do you feel like nobody knows you better, like every shitty day you ever had is a race now that we're together and can we sit in silence and feel each other speak hear the words untold between us as we breathe and when we sleep share our dreams and when we wake be at peace knowing that no matter what paths we take we're always growing closer and I don't want to be a poster for love because I know that's mostly foolish but I do want to know at the end of every day there's no one I would rather do this with and I don't want to love that sets me on fire either I want to love that makes me simmer with the desire to communicate 
with the one that I relate to more than anyone in this world, the one who shows me that I'm not just a girl, I'm a poet, I'm not just a mother, I'm heroic, especially on the days when I don't even know it, when I just want to throw it all away. He makes me stay, he makes me say, baby, whoa, baby, my sweet darling, you're the one. Wow, that was amazing. That was so good. Oh, my heart is beating so fast. I'm so glad I remembered it. That was amazing. (laughs) Good, thanks. I am am baffled. Thanks, yeah. I really love it. It's like, um, yeah, it's one of those things that I just feel like I'm like a con. It just like happens. I can't even describe it. I felt that. Yeah, did you? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I just feel like I should share it because I know. I've heard songs or, or heard poems that have just like really helped me. And yeah. so I just think I need to do it and put it out there. And that pretty much answered my question of what you expect a good relationship. Yeah, there we go. That was me. it. Yeah. It's that, but like your, your ability to even just empower an audience. Like I can imagine how much that would resonate with like at least 50 people in this room and Aww. people are snapping their fingers. Yeah. Like, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No problem. Um, did, um, yeah. did that have if you're willing to share more mm. to do with uh, a personal relationship of yours or more to do with a, of, of what you expect a good relationship to look like and, and hope not to look like. Yeah, exactly. In terms of like, I want to add more. I'll stop there. But um, It was triggered by a relationship I was currently in at that time. Um, it, uh, it was somebody yeah that I dated after Oliver was born. Mm-hmm. And um, a really great guy. But there, yeah, it... And it was, I was just trying to articulate, because it's so funny, like sometimes you just can't really get the entire story, and that's why art is so powerful, because mm-hmm. it captures things that are really hard to put into one, like into a yeah. sentence, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, and it's just exactly like my biggest fear is to be with somebody that I like, um, that you're kind of trapped in, in not... Uh, I don't want to say toxic. It doesn't have to be toxic. I just want to feel alive, you know? Yeah. Like, I want to feel like I'm with someone who can give me as much as I give them. And it's like a partnership. It'd exactly. be like, yeah, it'd be like finding. Yeah. You know what the word is that I think partner. about? Exactly. Yeah. I think about you don't want to be on fucking autopilot with somebody. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you, you said it so perfectly in the beginning of that uh, amazing poem, song. Where you mentioned how like you're sitting beside somebody and you're even driving and you can't help but think well, how much better this could be in that sense. Yeah. That's what I gathered and how yes. like sure enough it seems like we're both together all the time and we're both yeah. living our life but we're not really there. Yeah. We're both in our separate worlds and yeah. it no longer feels like we're growing together and mm-hmm. that's scary. And I find that happens to a lot of relationships yeah. at a point when the the honeymoon phase is done the firsts are done uh now it's like it's been same it's been the same yeah i'll put that on quote unquote relatively for a period of time yeah and now either one end or the other are looking for something new not necessarily in like a person yeah but new and like okay well what are we gonna do now that makes us feel like we're closer yeah or what are we not doing that can have us spend more time together. Yeah. That's not just time and okay, let's go watch a movie. It's okay, let's 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 continue to pick each other's brain. Yeah. You know, where are you at? Where am I at? Yeah. I know. Well I always just picture like being on a deserted or like being on a yeah, deserted island or being just the apocalypse happens and you're with this person. Like is 
are you, do you feel, because there's just certain people that you feel that connection with where yeah. you're just like, you're like, we could talk about anything or exactly. everything or whatever. It's very rare. Very um, but yeah, I think that's important. I don't know. It's a blessing and a curse, but I physically like, I can't be in a relationship that's not like that, which is why I've like never really been in a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> like I have high expectations. Like this it's is how you have to be. That. I mean, also like the men out there need to pick up, like pick up, the raise the game a bit. Like <laughs> yeah. Jesus, it's a bit lackluster out there. Like I'll tell you that. <laughs> but that's it's funny. like just um, so yeah. Like I've had this connection with people, but it just it tends to be with. I think um, usually I have that connection with someone because they've either gone through something or they're a bit of like an artistic, and so they have that creative mind where it's like, ooh, it's like really yeah, interesting. But then on the flip side, as I know, because I deal with a lot of things like mentally, um, I think I, I, as a woman, I was socialized that it was okay and I could talk to my friends. And I think to men's credit, they haven't been socialized the same way. And so I think there's a lot of men out there that I connect with because this is like a reoccurring thing for me. Yeah. I like connect with these men and I'm like, oh my God, it's so rare. And then it happens. I'm like, well, great. Um, and then they're just like completely incapable of being emotionally available or just having just normal interactions and, and intimacy. Was it a front? Is it a front? Is it like no. I'm only going to hold it for so long, um, like on their end, and then it, it, it doesn't carry through? It's like the personality was not a front, but um, but pretty quickly I see there's like an inability, like there's just like an extreme fear of intimacy and of being vulnerable, Oh wow! which is like, and so obvious if you like connect with someone and it's like going a certain way, that's going to feel pretty scary if like yeah, you're yeah. not used to feeling out of control or if you're kind of... Um, yeah, it's know. like that give and take, yeah. right? Like going back to that feeling side. Yeah. Of if, if I'm right, right here, mm-hmm. where like maybe you share something that's you know it's a it's a secret. Mm-hmm. It's something that you you keep very true to yourself, and maybe only you and your true friends know. Yeah. You share it with this man, and now all of a sudden you just kind of feel like, okay, I said this person knows so much about me and how mm-hmm. I operate and yeah. what's happened to me, but what about them? Yeah. Is that, I know. Is that kind that of that is true? Yeah. It's a little unfair because I'm very articulate about my feelings. And yeah. so it's, you know, yeah, it's more about just like try, like just, you know, doing your best to try. Like that's just yeah. from if I were to say to like kind of like the men out there. Yeah. <laughs> like, you hear that single men yeah, out there? Come on. <laughs> get it together. Get your shit together. Yeah. Um, so... So yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Wow. You mm-hmm. know what? I'd love it if you did share the second one. Oh yeah. yeah that'd be super cool. Oh yeah. Um, okay. Uh, how does it start? Oh yeah. My daddy taught me beauty was on the inside, but my classmates soon showed me that I could get by on so much less if I was better dressed, if I played the part I was already further ahead than the rest from the start. And son, I might glare when you're staring at my ass, but really I'm thinking it's because I got it like that and you say love it or leave it i'd better gain weight well this weight i've been trying to lose since the eighth grade and it's been a struggle no that's being kind it's been a fucking war a war against me against the way i was raised against the images that i see in the media every day and to say i've been affected is to put it lightly when i remember doing battle with myself nightly and the score was always zero 
zero, the pants size I aspired to be. And if I could have sold a piece of me to achieve that dream, I would have. And essentially, that's what I did. And looking back, I know I was just a kid, but once you have them, there's some demons you can't get rid of. And I've been loved, I know that, but still this voice rings repetitive and it's the sedative to all my hopes and aspirations. And it says, you are not enough yet. Yet, as if my brain wants to give some hope to my body, yet as if I might still one day embody that perfect form, marketed as the norm, targeted at dorm rooms where warm booze and makeup take up most of our time and our minds, well, that's just a bonus. And you say the onus is on young girls to focus on what matters when we are serving women up like hot food on platters to the masses. And sure, the grass is always greener on the other side, but when was the last time a man was judged uh, second for his mind and first for his waist size. And I'm not trying to play sides or place blame or point fingers or name names. I'm just trying to articulate and explain that our fathers are preparing us for a world that doesn't exist because here's the memo, ladies, in case you missed it. What good is all your success if you can't fit into a fucking size four dress? Wow, that <laughs> is amazing. Holy moly. <laughs> That is confidence. Yeah. <laughs> Just so much willingness to, to share the, the, the deep yeah. secrets behind that. Hey? Yeah. That was incredible. Thanks. Thanks for sharing. Thanks. That. Thanks for letting me share. This yeah. feels great. Yeah, I like, it's cool, honestly, right? You deserve that. That's awesome. It's been on my mind. I'm like, fuck, I got, you know, you have these things where I'm like, I gotta get back to it. I gotta get back yeah. to it. And I just haven't. So thank you for letting me have this opportunity no to kind of do that. Yeah, that was no awesome. problem at all. Yeah. That was all you. Mm. When, when did you write that? That one I wrote um, uh, when I was like 18, 19. So I had Oliver when I was uh, 20, turning 21. Wow. So I wrote yeah, you that. Were young. I was young when I wrote that. But it still feels as true today as it did then. I'm 29 yeah. now. Wow. Um, so that was 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And for you to even at that time be able to articulate so much yeah. raw, deep, real emotions behind it yeah like even the words that you were using to know at 19 that you were yeah well i will so... credit jay-z for <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely right all those times this thing to jay-z it's being so, so true. real it's so true i but i mean for anybody i think whatever it is that like it really did save my life i feel like being having a an outlet where i could find like just get it out you know and and yeah, figure wow. out how to say it um and because it helps because even when i say things when i will do my own poetry like in my head or whatever or when i'm in the car sometimes i'll say it out loud to myself and it's cathartic it's just like it feels good to just be able to articulate it voice it out there say it out loud to an audience or even Mm -hmm. just a one person yeah it's a very different feeling it is yeah wow and that's something that you performed as well like you i did i did do that one um at the uh uh, it's breathe in poetry. They do a drop in um, night, and it's awesome. Sweet, powering. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. You know what? I, I, I you deserve to hear this because that story hits close home for me because I was in grade seven. I was about twelve years old, and I was in India at the time, and I was a skinny kid. Like mm-hmm. I was, I was borderline skinny to be honest, and 
I had uh, my cousins that kept going to me and they're like, dude, like, come on, like, why do you limit yourself from eating? Mm-hmm. And I was so, I cared so much about my abs, you know, mm-hmm. I was that like 12 year old kid who wanted to like fit in and all the boys were talking about like, yeah. you know, like looking good. So like, you know, everyone's starting to say, oh, abs are cool, right? Yeah. So I just naturally had it. Yeah. And uh, I didn't want to get rid of them. And yeah. I knew I was going through that stage where like puberty was right around the corner and like yeah. I could feel these changes in my body. And I was like, okay, whatever I do, I'm going to limit myself from eating so I can still keep these. Mm-hmm. So it was the wrong thing to do. Yeah. Right? It wasn't excessive. Like, I wasn't starving myself. Yeah. But I knew, like, if I wanted to go get a damn McChicken, I wouldn't do it with my buddies. Yeah. Because, oh, I wanted to keep my abs. It was yeah. like that. Yeah. I was like, dude, you're 12. Like, go, totally. go enjoy McDonald's with your friends. Yeah. Right? And then my cousins, they took me in. And they were really real with me. They, yeah. they, they went on Google.ca. And, uh, you know, all the jokes aside, they're like, dude, they're like... Look at your weight. How much do you weigh? And I was like, oh, oh like you know, I said my weight. They're like, yeah, like you're this at the unhealthy. you're at the lowest level that you yeah. should be at for your age. Yeah. And they're like, wake up, dude. Like eat food. Yeah. And but it's important because like you're, it sets you up for. I mean, even if it wasn't in your mind like unhealthy, it still sets you up for like a really weird relationship with food. First of all, in your yeah. head, right. And then also, like, you're just developing. Like, it's just so important to get those nutrients. And, man, oh, my God, the amount of time it took to undo all the bad I did to myself, you know, physically and mentally. It's just, like, it takes so long to walk yourself back out of that path. It's, yeah. you know, it's hard. But that's why it's so important for um, parents to just... I'm so glad you had family that... Yeah, of course. You know? That, like, we're like, wake up, dude, yeah. check this out, right? Because yeah. that's an even tougher battle to totally. do all on your own when no one's there to yeah. actually, like, be honest about it. Yeah. Right? It's like, a sensitive subject, too. It's your body, yeah. right? And so you don't... Yeah, you don't want to police your kids' bodies or anything. And, and I'm sure if it had been your mom, yeah. how open would you... like? Exactly. You would have been like, Mom! Slash up! Whatever! The last person you listen yeah. to is your mom about yeah. it. Right? Shockingly. That's why it's important. Like, it's so nice to have, like, um, especially for men. Like, I just love, I love men's relationships. They're just so cute. Yeah. I was in Ethiopia recently, <laughs> and, like, they hold hands there, the men, and they're very affectionate. They, yeah. like, touch each other, and um, all of Oliver's friends are really affectionate with each other still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think that's changing. It we're is. being less hard, like, we're being more open-minded and yeah. less weird about people male, are like oh that's weird two dudes at a grocery store they're gay for sure right like, yeah like... exactly like i think it's just becoming just so much more acceptable and it's good yeah because then like men can help each other fix their shit yeah totally you know it's so true and allows them again to yeah. just be don't to go and wrap it all up is is be more open with their mm-hmm. feelings and yeah. how they feel about certain things like let's say their body yeah right yeah and if it's something where oh it's a the, the hidden agenda well for me was okay well i'm trying to look good i'm trying mm-hmm. to fit in if i don't like there was the demons in my head going, yeah. if i don't have them i won't feel cool yeah i won't feel like i have what is the trend right now yeah. which is abs which is yeah. stupid right. right yeah so yeah, crazy. that's awesome. Well, thanks yeah. for sharing that with me. Oh, I appreciate you yeah. sharing that. I feel like I had to. I yeah, had to you had to set. level up. I had to come back and let you know. You, know? Uh, you said something about this. So in communications, uh, just this is an interesting fact for your listeners. So self disclosure is like a is a 
well-known way that um, you progress in intimacy with someone. So when you self-disclose something personal, the other person is supposed to kind of disclose back and that's how you gain intimacy. But then if you over Mm self-disclose in a context that doesn't really make sense, like on a first date, you're like, I struggled with depression. You know, maybe it makes sense. You know, it depends on the conversation, but it can, um, it's like an unfair, uh, it's like an overshare for your partner and it actually can like affect intimacy and you can't like it doesn't progress intimacy it does the opposite i thought that was interesting that's super cool Mm -hmm. thank you for that (laughs) i'm sure i didn't i think you bet i I always overstep i am the overstepper so that's just what i have to keep in mind there you go well you know what kaylee i i feel like that was a really it's funny how just you sharing two personal poems made Mm. me feel like i got to know you yeah on the personal side and i really feel like our listeners are going to really get a much better understanding of who you are and your love for for creative art from, mm-hmm. from poetry to dancing to, to kicking ass in the ring and yeah, I guess it's get just like a, a fight under your belt things, one day yeah. right? and I feel like we could leave it at that and uh, you know I want last thing is for people to want to like maybe get to learn more about your life and mm-hmm. maybe to connect with you yeah. Where, where's the best place people can find you online I mean, I'm on Instagram. I used to have a, a blog called Bright Tribe. Um, mm. And so, and that was just about kind of empowering women and fitness and um, and trying new things like nice. downhill mountain biking and boxing and, and snowboarding, things like that. Yeah. But um, but that's not active anymore. So I'm on Instagram. It's K-H-A-Y-N-3-S is my username. Perfect. But I, yeah. Name. No promises. What you lots of pictures of Oliver. <laughs> nice. There you go. So people are gonna to want to love to yeah. see that, right? That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, last final question, we ask everybody this on the mm. show, especially now, now that we're starting to get our theme going, right? Yeah, I love it. Is uh, what makes you uh, define what it's like to be on the second floor? And I mean this very metaphorically, mm. um, obviously uh, not from a literal sense of being on the second mm-hmm. floor podcast, <laughs> but when it comes to life and then you being chosen as a great candidate to come on here and, and speak about everything that you very much so um, are passionate about and know from a career perspective, for you to, to define it, what does it look like to be uh, on the second floor in life and, mm. and in business and, mm-hmm. and how can you kind of share that to the audience especially for those who are maybe uh, right in your niche of being yeah. a single mother who just wants to get after it yeah and and maybe they have their self demons or people around them saying oh no that's impossible girl mm-hmm. just settle for less you mm-hmm. know so what does that look like for you I think okay well like the first thing that came to mind was just like being aligned I think that across your all the things that I'm passionate about and, and my work life and my personal relationships and the things I'm interested in, I really want to work. For me to be on the second floor, metaphorically, um, it would mean that I'm able to like align all of these really different areas under kind of a value system that I real that feels right to me. So that means, you know. Um, treating people with compassion and respect, like pushing myself to be a better person um, in maybe more of that kind of uh, interpersonal aspect, but also just a better person as in like upping my skill level, you know, like just working on the next 
thing, which is Excel for me. Like, you know, it's such a, like, it's so stupid, but, um, so I think, yeah, that would be the biggest thing for me is that like when my life feels aligned, like I'm able to kind of bring everything. I don't feel like any of my relationships are misaligned with my overall idea of, of like what a good person looks like, yeah, yeah. then that's like me being on the second floor. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like you know, I want to be successful at my job, but to me, that kind of has the same um, background as being successful with having friendships. It's just yeah. like showing up, doing my best, taking feedback, and and taking that feedback and, and using it to get better. Yeah. Um, and and I, and I and I would really like to get more involved in community because I do think it's like we need to work as a community yeah. to raise our game as a whole society kind of thing. So Definitely. And something, from, yeah, like yeah, that. That's really cool. I mm-hmm. like that. And from everything that you're doing, it seems that, you know, clearly not everything can be done alone, mm-hmm. right? And from what you said about from the family, personal life yeah. is you've got people who are a support system to you, mm-hmm. who help you. You've got people in your workforce where it doesn't just take one person to get the job done, yeah. right? Especially when you build such a big project. And that's something like you just said is taking the community initiative and, and yeah. the values that you really preach. Completely agree. I see it within you and I see that it's something that you stand true of. Thank you. So thank you, Kaylee Haynes, for coming on the show. Thanks for it's having me. It's been a me. huge pleasure. Thank you. I appreciate this it. This was awesome. That's a wrap.